Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert. Your source for martial arts talk radio. Three, two, one. We're live. I can't watch the show. 
out here is really crappy. Please call in Don. Have fun. All right. And CJ says, see you soon. That's right. So, anyway, you know what? We're going to talk a little bit about procedural versus actual. And Bobby, that video that you that you shared is actually an example because that was skill from what I saw. That was skill. Now, all over, all over Facebook um, and YouTube also, um, you know, the bullshit martial arts, there's this video that Bobby had him doing Silat. He's doing uh, just amazing groundwork, amazing groundwork. And it was a drill. But, like, everyone thought that it was some gay thing. One called it gay, and this is stupid. And, oh, I like to, uh, I like to have a punch at him when he's all down there. I might as well just pull my pants down, this and that and the other. And I, you know, go on YouTube, and I'm like, he's hitting you back. Plain and freaking simple, stupid troll. Anyway, you know. So that video is what I would call actual skill, mastered skill. Everyone commenting has self-perception of their skill being better. Oh, I'll punch them, show them up, and this and that and the other. When times out of ten, they've never been in a fight. Go figure. But we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, Albertino says, hello, Alberto. And uh, Dana Rolla, the ones who trolled the video were nothing than target rich environment for myself. That's right. I sit back and I make popcorn and go on the hunt. <laughs> That's what I do. Um, and saludos desde Maracaibo from Alberto. So, gracias, Alberto. So, anyhow, uh, uh, Bobby Edmund says, change my mind, not hot the robot voice. I made robot voice for Kathy Long. <laughs> You and everybody else, Bob. Tony Collins is my name. All right. So we've got Professor Faroff watching also. Hi, Professor. Oh, by the way, Professor, I have forgotten about uh, getting hold of people for a potential barbecue. I haven't forgotten. Just been crazy over here. And they was no exception. Monster blew up. <laughs> but enough of that. <laughs> Let's put a Bob in Sunny Burbank. What's the weather like over there? What you doing there over there, Bob? Hot. It's hot. It's hot. It's hot. Oh, uh, you know the the weather report says it was 88 today. The weather report lied. It was at least oh, yeah. triple digits. Oh yeah, it was. That was the minimum was 100. Uh. It's just hot. <laughs> I, get, I I have no other words. It's just hotter now over here. Oh, man. You know, it's it's getting close to, it was between the mid-80s and 90 past week. All week. You know, no respite, no nothing. So this is, this is a, <clears throat> uh, this is kind of like a, I'm not calling it a heat wave, but it's, uh, this is rare. Normally, you know, we get like, mid-80s or maybe 90s, maybe 100, like maybe 10, and then it, like, comes right back down to 75, 80, where it's bearable, you know, and then it spikes again maybe a week later, and then it comes right back down for another two weeks or whatever. Um, but now, ever since I got back from uh, from California, I left hot, came back hot. It, it was like I never left California. 
However, there isn't any like scorpions and black widow spiders and stuff like that right here. Right. So, I don't have to worry about that crap. <laughs> so, so tell us about your new car. You know, I sort of like it's a it's an older model. It's a 2007 uh, Hyundai uh, Tucson, and uh, I still haven't got my door fixed. It will not open from the outside. It's like the door is perpetually locked. I can open it from the inside, no problem. Uh, so that that's a no. It's a minor irritant, but that'll mm. get fixed uh, this week. Uh, happy with it in that little tiny SUV. Uh-huh. Uh, we need it to haul, to haul stuff around for like Dragon Fest. Right. Uh, so it's happening. Uh, the thing is probably worse on gas than any car I've ever had in history. Oh, man. So what are we talking as far as mileage? I don't know. I've never figured out. It's just horrible. I mean, where I can put 10 bucks in and, then, and, and just drive to and from work and drive Jenny to and from work. And the next day I need gas again. Oh man, I hate that when you're like yeah. ten bucks just to start a car. <laughs> I know. It's just oh my god, it's ridiculous. Well, I'm glad we're having so many people listen today. Where I was a little concerned about people who are so used to set to Sundays at six. Yeah. Uh, that means that means we have we have friends that pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Um, you know what's fun? What's what's funny is I'm so broke I can't even pay attention. <laughs> All right, the admins uh, just commenting, quote unquote, getting a hold of food for a potential barbecue. God damn it, freaking rusty! <laughs> what? I didn't get that. I didn't. I had no idea what that was supposed to mean. Um, Eric just says hot, 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 hot. It's a hundred over here. Tony Collins says, we shut off the AC and open the windows here. Um, Eric Duker says, we'll never get SoCal hot. Not SoCal hot. There was one year, I think it was like 2008, where it hit like 106. Not enough for us. 106. And I decided today to get on my motorcycle to ride to work. And that was the first day out of how over many days of riding that I never rode without a jacket. I thought, you know, I'm just going to go with the jacket and uh, a protective vest. I have one of those armors, right? And boy, I tell you, every time I hit a stoplight, I was like, please go. Please go. I'm sitting on an engine and it's hot. And it's hot out here. It's like 105. Please stop. Anyway. Uh, says, <laughs> well, you know, I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. I remember the one time you came out of here, I took you to the L.A. Zoo. It was 118. That was effed up. Boy, I tell you what, I remember that. Like, it was yesterday. Bob and I had to stop at every bench in the trails at the L.A. Zoo. And we had to stand in front of the They actually had misters. And we had to stop and stop at every bench. My flip-flops, I swear, Burned themselves. The bottom of my flip burned until they were absolutely shiny smooth. They had tread on them, but they burned the pavement and turned smooth. I'm like, this is this is not fun. <laughs> this is not fun at all. Now, Eric said uh, this to you, Bob. <clears throat> you your car. This 
message me, and I'll give you my number to talk. So. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. Broke up. I need the what? Um, Derek just said probably needs two system service. Message me, and I'll give you my number to talk. Eric Dutton. Okay. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Perfect. Yeah, uh, Rick, Keller, Rick Kellerman uh, watching, and he says, you haven't stood in the heat or on your back, stop the light behind a cesspool truck in August. Oh. <laughs> Marlon Boy is watching. I know there are, there are places, there are a lot of places hotter than L.A., that's for sure, but but, I know. like, Florida is humid and hot. Uh, Yucca Valley is a couple degrees hotter and just dry. It was, like, 113 when I was there. And, yeah, no. no. <laughs> and we don't have the scorpions and all that stuff you were running into. Oh, oh no, it was it was crazy. I got bit, like, so many times. Not scorpions, but I got bit by flying bugs that bite. And we don't have that kind of crap Anyway, gross. Anyway, let's move on to the show. So tune in, uh, keep tuned in, folks, because a little bit later at our news and announcements, we are going to be talking a little bit about the pros and cons of lineage, martial arts lineage. And we're also going to be talking a little bit about uh, self-perspective versus actual skill and how it uh, plays into trolling social media, you know, people saying, I'm better than you, I did that, and that, and so we'll get, we're going to be talking a little bit about that later. So let's get on the show. Who do we have birthday news here, Bob? Well, tomorrow is Eric Lee's birthday, the 30th. I only have two this week, and on the first, it's a good friend of mine on Facebook, Sherry Lynch's birthday. She's the 1st of August. Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to get any notes done because I came home and found that my washer blew up. And uh, not blew up, but it spewed water everywhere because the drain, the drain hose came out of the drain pipe. And uh, my walls were wet. The floor, the whole floor was wet, and uh, everything was wet. I had to move everything out into the shed and like mop the floor. And I've got an industrial fan in it. And I was pissed, and anyway, so I didn't get any notes together, Bob. Nor do I have health news. <laughs> nor do I have birthdays. Oh. <laughs> Dang. Well, okay. Well, we still have announcements and everything else. You can drop that for head. Yeah. So for everyone out there that's having a birthday, the week of what is this week? This week is the 29th. Through August fourth, this tune is for you. I wanna wanna wish you a happy birthday. I wanna wanna help you celebrate. I wanna wanna wish you lots of presents. I wanna wanna help you eat your cake. Party, party in the island way You'll be jamming all night Till the light of day Your birthday, birthday is your day to shine Another year and you'll be looking fine So have a no worries, don't you hesitate It's time to party, party, time to stay 
that would make it a great day paper. All right. Announcements. Bob's getting served. August is almost here. I'm so excited. It's almost here. In fact, we saw Michael today. Uh, we've laid out Jen, Jenny and I and Michael last Friday. Uh, mm-hmm. Not yesterday, last, the week ago. Laid out all the booths, even though things are changing. Uh, who gets what and where they go and, you know, compared to the stage and all that. We did that. We laid out the entertainment schedule, uh, the Q&A schedule on who's going up when. Uh, mm-hmm. He's added more. I am so excited. I feel like a little kid. Michael has added Fred the Hammer Williamson to the guest. The people out there that, that don't know who Fred Williamson is, who is Fred the Hammer Williamson? He was an old-time actor. Even though he's doing movies right now, one was Robert Parham. He played a tough guy with a 70s porn star mustache. <laughs> Big old thick mustache. <laughs> And he always played a tough guy. Uh, he almost looks identical to the to what way he did in the eighties. Almost oh. identical. Now the thing now? is, and I told Michael this that you have to be our age to know who he is. It's oh. like when I told you I met Carlos Palomino. You have to be our age to know who that guy is too. I'm I'm around age. I have no idea. That means I have been around. I haven't watched. TV and I I was a shelf kid. Yeah, no, he he. Fred Williamson was around in the eighties. He's still around. Uh, great guy, great actor. Uh, saw Herb Jefferson today uh, from Battlestar uh-huh. Galactica. Uh, uh-huh. He's of course going to be there signing autographs. Uh, talked to Matt Moy from Two Broke Girls last night. Uh, mm-hmm. It's in his calendar, and it's still a go for him to be there. And right. I forgot to mention to him last night, so I texted him today and asked him if he minded doing a 15-minute Q&A, and he said, no problem. Oh, nice. Uh, <clears throat> we just they, they, He's probably one of the only guys that's going to be there that they can't do any video on. It's all got to be uh, stills because he's under contract. So right. it's gonna it's really come together. Uh they moved the seminar room into a different room that's even bigger mm-hmm. uh, for the same cost. Uh mm-hmm. they're gonna serve food all day long. Which nice. is gonna be really cool. They're gonna serve hamburgers and hot dogs, you know, the normal stuff, tater tots, fries, chips, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh we we of course got the I'm sorry, okay. This is the privilege that we have when we're assigning the booths. Okay. We have the best one. <laughs> See, and that's why I love it. Bob is there. He knows where we want to be. <laughs> that's exactly. We've never done it before. Out of the four years, out of the four other ones we've done, we did two at the Holiday Inn, one in Van Nuys, one in Burbank. Now we're doing another one in Burbank, so that's three out of five that will be here. Uh, four, I'm sorry, four out of five. Uh, the entrance, you enter. We are the first booth on the right against the wall. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Uh, and Matt's next to us. Uh, I'm going to, uh, I think I'm going to uh, introduce Matt. Uh, there's some T-shirts that Michael isn't happy with. We're going to give those away. 
like in between people we're going to go up and throw them out there. Uh-huh. Uh, and my wife's running the stage. Nice. Right on. So, so we know things I, I give hanging out has its privileges. Yep, we know yeah. what's going on. Yeah, so the so stage will be running on time. <laughs> yes, <So>. yes. <clears throat> right Oh, on. and another thing is that tomorrow, if anybody's in the LA area, it's going to be the screening of the biography of Al Leong. So he's going to be there. It's going to be a good time. Uh, Eric Lee, of course, I can't make his birthday party, and he called me. Uh, while I was out with my wife and granddaughter today to personally invite me. And I'm just there at the same time. I just can't make it. Uh, But we're going to have a blast tomorrow. Uh, I wish I could go to Erickson and say hello, but it's like 40 miles away and ends a half an hour after the museum does. So, but but tomorrow night I'm going to see Doug and Doug Wong, Kerry Wong, Al Leong. I'm going to see a bunch of, bunch of really cool people. Uh, so we're going to have a good time. And, uh, oh, another couple of things about Dragon Fest is that in, in, Saturday, anybody is 1,700 is free. Nice. And all active military is free. Not veterans, all active military with, with, a, a, with a military ID card. Uh, on Sunday, military, active military is still Free of the seminars, but only 18 and over are going to be accepted into the seminars. Now, the nice thing is about this facility is they have a bowling alley, a pool hall, a restaurant, a bar, an ice rink, all on the same thing. Yeah, that's where we're going to park. We're going to park on the ice rink side. And then about 9 o'clock after we clean up and all that and we help Michael move the pipe and drape over to the seminar room, we're going across the street to the Mexican restaurant and we're going to have a little after party. Nice. So that, that'll be really cool. And, you know, and I, I don't think I've ever, we, we've even at the Denny's around the corner from this facility. Mm-hmm. And it's about a mile from the, not even a, no, you know what? Not even a mile from the hotel that you, you you're going to stay at. So it'll be really close, really convenient. Uh, cool. I hope I hope uh, Janie Larkin Miser has found, found her room, uh, and I hope we we helped in the in the links we sent her, uh, and I hope she's all set. I can't wait to meet Janie in person. It'll be fun. All right, very cool. So Yannick, now right after Dragon Fest, I'm gonna be oh right before Dragon Fest the previous previous weekend, I'm going to be in the Bay Area teaching at the Pacific Association of Women's Martial Arts Training Camp. And this is a, I just want to call out any women martial artists out there that might be listening. Um, just want to tell a little bit about uh, the organization. It is a, a women's-only organization that formed in the 1970s. It didn't start off as being only so guys don't get your don't your underwear in a tizzy here. It was just a bunch of friends that just you know camped out and shared martial with each other like five people. And since then it's grown, and uh, they saw the need at that time like back in 
because you know we all know that back in the you know early seventies, it was martial arts was still a very male dominated activity, and the very few women that were into martial arts, a woman could join a karate class and she'd probably be the only woman. And uh, you know, the women back then were strong and stuff like that. Um, but you know, it would have just been nice to have a place where women can get together without the testosterone in the training team. So they would just meet, you know, every now and again. It just turned into a, a training team that grew and grew and they decided to name the organization the Pacific Association of Women Martial Artists. It's primarily, you know, the Pacific side of the United States. There are two other organizations throughout the country, um, AWMAI, the Association of Women's Martial Arts Instructors, and NWMAF, the National Women's Martial Arts Federation, um, that uh, encompass the whole of the United States. But um, this year's camp, let me pull up the, uh, the information, this year's camp is going to be in California, in the Bay Area, at the YMBA Camp Loma Mar. At 9900 Pescaro Creek Road, California, 94021. Um, the camp is any women or teen girl martial artists, uh, even those that might be um, uh, curious about martial arts but have not committed, you can come on out. They have a, um, a day rate where you come in and study for the day and then go home or, you know, go to hotel or whatever. Or they have a full uh, boat, which includes meal, three meals, <clears throat> and a uh, room and board, and uh, classes. So, um, just to give everyone an idea of what's going to be taught there, the Kajukembo is going to be taught there, Jigong, Kaolin Kung Fu, Tai Chi, Taekwondo, film martial arts, Brazilian Jitsu, modern Armenian, an art called Chayon Ru, and Bongo, Jo, uh, Capoeira. That's, it's going to be a fun, fun thing. And camp is on, uh, is between um, August 16th and 19th. That's Thursday, August 16th to Sunday, August 19th. Go to org. You're a woman martial artist or a teen girl that would like to attend and get a lot of great instruction from some of the best women martial artists in the United States. The shot, P A W M A dot org. All right, that's it for my announcements. I don't have, oh, I do have, I do have news. Where is my utility? Didn't any of my, there's my noise or anything like that. Where is my, here we go. I do have, let's do it. It's hot out there, folks. It's hot like all across the country. And here's just a little bit of what you need to know about dehydration during the record breaking heat Um, Experts out there are warning about the dangers of dehydration. A new study has found that dehydration not only impairs people physically, but also leads to cognitive decline. According to the recent study from the Georgia Institute of Technology in Atlanta, just a couple of hours of vigorous activity in the heat without drinking fluids can greatly affect concentration. 
Researchers found that dehydrated people taking tests which required attention to details or tests that were monotonous were most functions such as complex problem solving, coordination, and attention felt the most, while activities involving quick actions weren't as efficient. The simplest reaction time tasks were at least impacted, even as di- dehydration got worse. But tasks that required attention were quite tested, says Mindy Stafford, Ph.D., who is the director of the Exercise Physiology Laboratory at the at Georgia Tech School of Biological Sciences. And um, <clears throat> um, she says that maintaining focus in long meetings, driving a car, or having a monotonous job in a hot factory requires attention, and that can be affected if dehydrated. Um, these abilities do decline, and finished cognition can pose harm to your body. Now, what did this study find? Now, it says here that to understand how heat affects cognition, the researchers analyzed data from 33 peer-reviewed papers, which included 413 participants of executive function, attention, motor coordination, reaction, and reaction time, specific tasks. Now, as the participants lost more water, they increasingly made more errors during the attention-related tasks. So, for example, those activities that were more repetitive and unexciting, such as punch a button in various patterns for several minutes, suffered the most. And although researchers don't know exactly when cognitive impairment occur, they examined studies that involved between 1% and 6% loss of body mass due to dehydration. And they found that the most severe impairment started at, at the 2% mark. And this drop in water weight can occur very quickly. For example, if you weigh around 200 pounds and you go to work out for a few hours, you probably drop 5 pounds. And that's with 2% body mass. With an hour of moderately intense activity, temperature in the mid-80s, moderate humidity, it's not uncommon to lose a little over 2 pounds of water. So signs to look for in regards to dehydration include not only being thirsty, but feeling dizzy, nausea, and headaches. And when someone starts to, to develop cramps, it may be an early indicator of the progressive effects of dehydration. And in extreme cases, when dehydration is prevented or effectively treated, many people have to go to the emergency room. Elderly and young children need, 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 need to have their hydration closely monitored. And uh, with young children and infants, they are at higher risk because they have total, total lower body weight and higher concentration of water. They'll also turn over electrolytes and walk faster, so they'll lose water more quickly than adults. And that's why it pisses me that when I see babies in a, in a hot car, just, I just want to go and just slap somebody. So um, with that said, we want to stay hydrated. However, there's a way to safely stay hydrated. Uh, you have to actually be careful because drinking too much water can actually dilute the body. And this could lead, lead something called hyponatremia, low sodium salt in the, in the blood. In extreme cases, this can lead to swelling of the brain and even seizures. Um, although confusion may be a sign of a heat exposure injury, being proactive, proactive in prevention is the key to staying hydrated 
and healthy. There you go. So be careful out there, folks. Stay hydrated, but do so carefully. Do not over over hydrate yourself. All right. There we go. All right. So that was it for my health news. I gotta find our gotta find our weird news here. All right, it's time to move on. Weird news. What do we have for weird news? Okay, if this ever happened to me, I would flip the hell out because I hate them. Okay. A woman got the fright of her life when she woke up to find a three-foot snake snuggled up next to her in bed. Would flip the hell out. That's crazy. I would... <laughs> I no, that, I, I, would, I, I would I would just go nuts. I would oh I would flip. The royal python, believed to be an escaped pet, had curled up next to her and she slept. After That's jumping crazy. out of bed, she rushed out of her bedroom and closed the door before calling the RSPCA for helping on for help on Monday morning. However. By the time the charity's animal collection officer, Jill Sanders, had arrived at her flat in Kensington, West London, the snake had slithered away and could not be found. Oh, there's a scary thought. Well, you know there's a snake in the house. You just don't know where. Yeah. (laughs) Ms. Sanders said the the poor resident must have had the fright of their life waking up to the snake in their bed. They jumped out of bed. Oh wait, wait. No, that's that's it. It, it. It's repeating itself for some reason. They jumped out of bed, closed the bedroom door to contain the snake. When I arrived, I couldn't find where the python had slithered to. I left my details and told them to contact me as soon as they saw it again. The python was eventually caught by Miss Sanders in a corridor the following evening when she was back to when she was called back to the flat. The RSPCA does not know how it could, how it got inside the property, but believes it must be, must have escaped from its owner nearby. Oh lordy! The animal welfare charity says it collects more snakes in the summer as they have more energy in the warm weather and are good escape artists. Ms. Sanders added, "I've been called out to a number of stray snakes." In recent weeks, and many of these appear to be escaped pets. We would always recommend owners invest in an enclosure suitable for the particular species and that the enclosure is kept secure and locked if necessary when unattended. Reptiles, particularly snakes, can be extremely good escape artists and will take the opportunity of a gap in an enclosure door or a loose-fitting lid. I, if, if somebody said, call me when you see the snake again, I would have burned the house down. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, no. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Okay, well, now where was this again? What, what state, what city again? Kensington, England. England, wow! Just a random snake, and said, "Yeah, you know what? I think just snuggle up to this lady right, right here." Yeah, no, thank you. All yeah, right. right, no, that ain't happening. 
Okay. So that that was my weird news. Well, this this was sort of weird. And you know, TMZ catches the, these celebrities all over the place. Well, they haven't run into David Spade. You <laughs> know, coming out of a restaurant in West Hollywood. And David had nice things to say about Roseanne until their photographer asked if he'd ever worked with her. Hmm. We they got they got David Friday night in West Hollywood leaving Craig's and at first he was chatty how he used to open for Roseanne back in the day when neither one when neither was making any, any real money. He was also quick to say how funny she is, but then they asked him a question that's maybe a little too hot to handle. Mm-hmm. So, of course, they asked, they asked him about the racial statements that she made on Twitter. And right mm-hmm. when they did that, David's finger moved in the direction of his window switch as he rolls up the window. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah, man, I'm not answering shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's my answer. Yeah. All right. <laughs> there's my answer. Now it. <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> All right. So there you go. There you go. That was the entertainment news. Let's see who else is listening. Let's see. Eric Dutra says dehydration is a serious thing. My son said they die on the football field during the week. Always drink lots of water all the time. Dan Rowland says the heat and humidity in Houston has me appreciating what I remember the dry heat in Arizona. There we go. All right. Well, unless there's anything else on my ticker here, let's see. Nope. All right. So where's my different window here? So why don't we do this? Let's go ahead and take a short break. And when we come back, um, we will talk a bit about martial arts lineages and cons and uh, self-perceived skill versus actual skill and how it uh, it, uh, draws trolls and how that uh, uh, factors troll mentality. So don't go away, folks. We'll be right after this. High school is a time for figuring things out, like finding the square root of X when your ex won't stop texting you, or how to write an essay on Twelfth Night the night before it's due. It's about making friends and making memories. It's about deciding where you fit, where you stand, and what you simply won't stand for. Long after class is dismissed after you've left the hall and moved on with life, after you've forgotten all the answers to all the tests, you'll remember the day you figured out the kind of person you were going to be. Stand up for someone being bullied, and they'll never forget you. Stand up to bullying. In 50 feet, turn left. Why are you driving so slowly? After a few drinks, I'm taking it slow. Well, you're not fooling the cop behind you. What? Get ready to pay in .1 miles. 
Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. The Heart Truth is a campaign sponsored by the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute to raise awareness about heart health. One thing that everyone can do to support heart health is to get moving. Health and fitness expert Dr. Pamela Peek says that small steps can lead to big benefits. Throughout the day, just get up and move more. Park your car in the farthest parking spot. Find any excuse to walk as you live your busy life. The key to heart health is regular physical activity and a balanced diet. I help get my patients educated and motivated to stay active every single day. That's why I'm behind the Heart Truth campaign and those who partnered with it, like Diet Coke. Join them this month as they work to educate, inspire, and motivate by visiting dietcoke.com slash hearttruth. Inside this little Burbank building, this is the first museum in the world dedicated to martial arts. It, it really reflects on the style and the, the philosophy of each and every different culture. White eyebrow kung fu, monkey kung fu, the animal styles, Shaolin. Talking about the ninja here. Japan had the samurai. Here we go into our Korean section. In fact, every corner of Asia and the Pacific has its own martial art. It'll be an absolute shame if one day you ask a kid and he doesn't know who Bruce Lee is. From the history of the Japanese samurai to the artistry of anime, Enjoy a look into Asian culture by visiting the Martial Arts History Museum in Burbank. Hi, this is Frank Duke. This is T.J. Douglas Wong. Hi, this is Kumu Lua, Michelle Manu, and you're listening to Rosita and Bob on the Dynamic Dojo Radio Show. The only place to be to get the real scoop on the real things that are going on in the martial arts world. Do you have an idea for a guest? or a topic that you'd like to hear on the Dynamic Dojo Talk radio show? If you do, you can email your suggestions and ideas to dynamicdojoradiohost at gmail.com or you can also post it on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. We're back. It's Radio with Russ and Bob. Our phone number is 877 right up there. And, uh, we are going to be talking a little bit about uh, self-perceived skill versus actual skill and how it plays into training. Here. And actually, um, we'll uh, get into thinking about lineage, martial arts lineage, its pros and cons. All right, let's go ahead and start with Control behavior and self-perceived skill versus actual skills, because we have people commenting us already on our um, comment thread. Uh, it's kind of, it kind of almost way into it when um, Bobby Edmonds mentioned or Dana Rolla mentioned a video of Edmonds was on. It's a video of Bobby Edmonds doing sila, and he was doing groundwork. So he was on his knees and he did this uh, some amazing shifting and taking of targets and um, you know showing where uh, sweeps with the arm and takedowns could be done with the leg. It was an incredible video. So the groundwork of Silat 
however, the video has been being passed around all through social media, tagged as bullshit. It's been on Bullshito. It's been on Bullshit Martial Arts Group on Facebook. It's um, it's on I think it's on YouTube. I don't remember, but you know, people are just calling it bullshit because all they're seeing is a drill. They're not seeing, you know, what's going on there, and they don't understand that, you know, drills are just a reference, right? It's just drills are just like these encyclopedias of tools that people can learn to, you know, put in their toolbox for their use, right? They just don't understand it. It's almost like, really, you mean you were born knowing how to fight? Give me a break. Give me a break. As if these people that you know, watch videos on YouTube, you know, <laughs> are experts by watching stuff on YouTube. And you know what really cracks me up, folks, is people that watch videos on YouTube and then comment, oh, I would you if you get me like that. Well, you know, nine times out of ten, I bet, I'm willing to bet a hundred bucks that somebody rewound the video five times to find something wrong with it and to Develop some kind of a strategy in their head to to, to beat it. But if they were in in the mix in real time, they'd probably be standing there and their asses whooped. <laughs> That's right. That's absolutely right. Well, you know the old story about how many Mars lawyers does it take to change a light bulb? A hundred. One to change the light bulb and ninety-nine to, to complain and, and criticize and, and say it'll never work in the street. Exactly, exactly. Now, Professor Tarikoff has um, has wrote in, and he says, I don't have to laugh when someone sees a video of me working self-defense. And I know that there's no resistance bullshit. Everything arms about. Now, Professor Faircloth says, it's just sharing a street concept. Resistance is in the beginning when someone attacks you. That's true. Um, and you make them miss, and you make them pay. <laughs> right? You make him in at the same time, stab him in the eyes, or mash down the bridge of the nose, and deliver five more rapid strikes. And I hear, I can't help but think, are they blind? The only thing the actor is going to be doing is reacting to the fact my fingers just went into his eyeballs. Or that I just smashed the bridge of his nose. He's not actually going to go along with it. He's acting the pain. And by the time he's done, you know, he says, I wish those would just move. On if they'd like to see. You know what I always say? Say, okay, show me your view of what you do. And to this day, none of these have ever produced a video clip of themselves. <laughs> That's true. You know, I've called full out on that. You know, Bob has called full out on that. Um, lots of people have called full out. So, where's your big clip? I've got popcorn. You know what I hear? Crickets. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see nothing. I don't hear nothing. Just crickets. Because they're not going to put a video of themselves. No. Oh, they can't get on the internet. They can't get on the internet on a video saying, this is bullshit, and here's why, and they can explain it, and then that and the other, but they can't can't debunk it. Now, there are channels on YouTube that have experienced martial arts that will debunk Things like um, I forget the name of the guy. There was this one video of uh, of a guy that was debunked 
Okay. He said, this is the worst martial arts technique I've ever seen. And he said, so the idea is this. You're walking. You're trying to stealthily walk through, you know, a castle or walk into a castle or something. You're a ninja. If you imagine this. And you have a sentry behind you. Stop. Halt. Drop knife. So you turn around. Keep in mind, you're all in black now. How Sentry saw you, I don't know. <laughs> right? So the Sentry says, halt, drop your knife. Turn around, put your hands up, and you drop your knife. And you drop it so it's laying on top of your foot. And then when the guy goes grab you, you kick your foot, and that knife comes up and it stabs right in the heart, and eh, he falls over. <laughs> And he said, this is the most bullshit technique ever, right? And, but then he's got he's got some skills. So, you know, he went ahead and tried it. He's like, so this is what you're supposed to do. You put the knife right there on the top of your foot. And if you do it right, if you kind of hop on the end of it like that, and kind of like your foot, it's supposed to, it's supposed to stick. The opponent. So you can imagine what I said. I did one of these is that really possible? So you know what I did? I went to go try And I actually have video of me trying it somewhere. <laughs> so I tried exactly how he said. That's where that knife went. It went, it hit the camera square in the gut. <laughs> I well, you know what happened, Rosie? You dropped that knife. It's good. Odds are it may go point down right into your foot. I know, right? I'm like really good at killing it with, with the flat of the blade. Right? So, you know, I I like kind of stop it. I didn't get to do any cool like hacky sex or anything like that. Over <laughs> the blade, yeah. You know, so I just started it with with on my foot. Now, the, the video of me doing it is only about ten seconds long, and it's just me. It's me saying, okay. And I look down at the knife. And I do the hop thing, and I flick it. And, and then all you hear, and then the camera dropped because it's the camera person right in the guy. <laughs> it was a training knife. It was an aluminum uh, Spanish uh, Spanish Baja knife that uh, did go point in. And I'm like, holy shit, that bullshit is the shit. <laughs> but, you know, anyway, back story. You know, what I was saying is that there are some experienced martial arts out there that will put themselves on camera to try and debunk, you know, certain, you know, bullshit techniques. However, you know, when it comes to trolls and, and Mr. Fairfax is saying this, you know, completely right, you know, half of the people, if not all of the people that that will criticize actual skill have an inflated sense of their own sense, right? And like I said, I bet a hundred bucks that 50%, if not 55% of those tools out there have to rewind a video to develop a strategy of how it can be, but wouldn't be able to do it like, let's say, you know, Professor Fairclaw's thumb knuckle deep in the eyeball at that time, okay? Now, I... I don't know if you guys saw it. I got this video 
of the um, uh, off of One Hop Kendo uh, site on Facebook, and it's got a Kung Fu Sansu guy, um, like ex um, uh, ex special forces, and a Peruvian special forces guy. And the Peruvian guy was all talking smack to the American guy that does Kung Fu Sansu, and the Peruvian guy just fucking shit. And the American guy goes, "You fucking badass." And the Peruvian guy says, you're about to find out. So they circle each other for about, I don't know, five seconds. And then the Peruvian guy charges in to go throw this, like, wild-ass punch. And the Kung Fu Sansu guy, all he did was reach forward and shoved his fingers right into that guy's face. I mean, they collided so hard that Kung Fu Sansu guy bounced off of the Peruvian guy. That's how hard they collided. And that Peruvian guy was done. He was done. Right after he got those fingers, like, right in his eyeballs, he backed up, grabbed his head, and then he fainted away. That was fight over. Fight over. Now, of course, a lot of people be like, oh, yeah, that's bullshit. Oh, you should have done this. You should have done that. You should have made him map out. Sorry, it was over. Thumbed it in the eye. That skill to be able to tie that perfectly in worrying about how do I block, how do I carry this, what, you know, you know what spinning, jumping can I do? And, just, I just and, if, if, and, and one step further, if, it, if there was a weapon involved, that would have been uh-huh. quite differently. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, if that Peruvian had pulled out a, a blade or something like that, you know, those Kung Fu Sansu guys, they don't fuck around. Pardon my French. They don't fuck around. It's like, you know, and same with those kinds of Kempo people. They don't fuck around. You know? I mean, yeah, you know, it takes a lot of skill to just end a fight quickly. And I don't think a lot of people, you know, understand that. The, the people with self-perceived skill, you know, people that maybe study something for about six months and all of a sudden they're asleep, right? And uh, and then and then they have the, the worst all to try and argue with people that do actually have skill and putting out all of these, you know, logical reports to their their arguments and they don't hear it. They think it's all bullshit as if it's fought you know in the street like, you know, Third year or something like that. I'm sorry. You know, I think that's the bullet. <laughs> um, well, you know, Ramsey, there's also a lot to try and test in material, and there's different right. levels. It's great. Sparring's one level, to, but you're not fully trying your material because there's rules. There's, you know, the right. gloves involved, right. there's shin pin. That sort of not Not that sparring's not good. I'm not saying that. But then you listen to somebody like that's a cop or a bodyguard or something that you or a bouncer that uses his skill level every day right. in real life scenarios. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I you know, if there's going to be I, I tell my students this, if there's going to be someone that you do want to self-defense from it. Someone's actually either done it or actually was in a 
wasn't, you know, how do I, let me back up. I'm explaining this wrong. You want to study with someone that has successfully, you know, thwarted uh, attacks, personal attacks, or someone that has been in a situation and took some lumps but got away somehow, you know, because either way, you know, it takes some kind of skill to overcome the oh shit Sherlock syndrome, right? That's the panic. That's the adrenaline bump, right? So, I mean, you get martial artists that, you know, are really good at doing what they do, whether it's kata or you know, whatever else, but when they get to the fan and they have trained in the adrenaline bump, you know, then it's a matter of, okay, we've done a lot of this. But if you have someone who has done it, has undergone the adrenaline bump, has so panic submit. And even if they went away, they, they underwent it. And you the body feels like goes into the fight or flight mode. Right? Those are the people that you want to study with. Right? As opposed to the people that just sit in there all day and you know, and say, Okay, this is going to this is going to save life. I guess what I don't want to turn this um this conversation what style is the best or thing like that, because that's not the case. It's a self-perceived skill versus a tool skill, um, and how um, the factors of troll behavior. You know, a lot of trolls, when it comes to the martial arts, either they have experience, three things. Number one, they have experience, right? But it's not enough to be counted as anything, okay? So three months of something does not make you the ultimate item. <laughs> right? So they're going to stare and they're going to regurgitate junk that they've heard on YouTube, seen on training videos, or, you know, heard from teacher for three months or whatever. Okay? Number two, you've got very experienced martial arts who have an attitude and that their art is the best. They're going to criticize anything that isn't their art. Okay? And then number three, you've got totally inexperienced green stick people that uh, watch YouTube but have no idea how to throw a kick or throw a picture or whatever. They're the ones arguing with you. So there you go. You know, those are the ones that say, well, you know, while you're doing that, you know, you know, Yujitatame bullshit, I'm going to do this. Yeah, after rewinding the video five times, find out what you're going to do. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, I wanted to mention, I forgot to mention to you, that we're right across the, the row from, now, we put him here very strategically. So uh-huh. as soon as you open the door, straight across uh, on, in drag, on, on the, in the booth of the Dragon Fest is Chuck Liddell. Oh, really? As the door is open, there's his booth. That's badass. And we're yeah. right across from him. And you remember yeah. Chuck, meeting Chuck the Roosevelt? Yeah. Yeah. Incredible What a man. nice guy. Incredible dude. Chuck Liddell is an incredible guy. Just a, just the nicest guy, you know. I mean, you know, if you were to any, – everyone knows who Chuck Liddell is. But, you know, for someone that doesn't, keep walking down the street, you'd be like, holy crap, this guy is huge. Right, but I shook his You would be walking on the other side of the street. 
Right, right. You know, he's just the nicest guy. If anyone ever but has, he's so he, intimidating. Yeah, he's intimidating. Just the nicest guy. So if anyone out there has the opportunity to meet Chuck Liddell, stick hand out there, introduce yourself. He's a wonderful guy. He will take the time and to you talk know, to. But you know how to do that, Rusty? Come to Dragon Fest. That's right. Come to Dragon Fest, you guys. <laughs> That's right. But I do have to say, and Michael does this every video now, if any one of our celebrity guests, Matt Moy, Chuck Liddell, uh, Hank Garrett, get a paying gig that weekend, they're not coming. So don't be upset if your favorite star, Don Wilson or whoever, you come to see is not there. Right. They had they had a, a paying engagement because Dragon we, the museum doesn't pay anybody to be there. We do it out of the goodness of our heart. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, please understand, um, you know, because we know how important paintings are. I mean, it's how they put butter on the table, right? So but they're, right. they're, well, we say they're tentatively scheduled. So pray that they show up. Um, but, you know, we know how quick it happens in show business, right? So, you know, just take it. Absolutely. And, and another thing is, some of them have been, been cleared, uh, said yes, and all of a sudden, when Michael calls them to, to uh, uh, reconfirm, he can't mm-hmm. get a call back. He, they don't answer their phone. They won't call him back. <laughs> <laughs> so Dan Arola writes, in, in, in response to, you know, you know, inexperienced people that, you know, blah, blah, blah. He writes, I always state, the more we spar, the less we fear, basically. And that's so true. I that is the, such a good point. It is, Dan. It is. And the, well, it is Bob, but I'm talking about Dan. Too. Um, because I, I saw this really great video um, that Mark um, uh, Behic, um sent me. And uh, let me see if I can find it. Well, anyway, he sent me a video from a speed tournament, right? Um, oh, no, not that one. Sorry, 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 sorry. Not that one. But that was a great video, Mark. Um, I, uh, one of my uh, friends on Instagram sent me a video, and it was of two girls sparring. And uh, said that, you know, amazing what happens when you go to a K- KSDI tournament and you come back with all sorts of confidence. And um, he said that the two girls that were sparring in class in this video used to be very timid and very cautious about entering in for a, a kick or a strike or whatever. And the video that I saw was, you know, a girl that would literally, you know, find her find her target, find her time to get in there, pow, and come in with this mean reverse punch right to the noggin. And the other girl had a wicked roundhouse kick. And this is something he had never seen before. And he owes it to actually going to competition in in a, a Kajikimbo Self-Defense Institute um, tournament. Right? Now, there of course there are people out there that say oh, tournaments don't do shit. They do. I'll have to say they do. They, they, in this case, for those two girls, it taught them confidence. 
it taught them that they were going to die because it's, you know, point scoring. They're not to die. And if they get hurt, they can handle it after all the studying the camera, right? <laughs> right? And that they, that they got through it. And when they got back to class, they were doing what they learned in three minutes. In three minutes inside a square, sparring with some other stranger, you know, them all the confidence they needed to bring back to class and apply what they learned in three minutes. And sometimes that's better than, like, you know, three weeks of class sometimes. So there you go. There's my plug for tournament <laughs> and stuff like that. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, you know what? My mind keeps wandering. I do have to mention one thing, and you can appreciate this. Mark okay. Chewy calls the museum, okay, and says, okay. I want to auction off a cane at Dragon Fest. Michael says, ah. nobody's, nobody, nobody's going to buy it. I'm sorry, but thank you. Anyway, and I looked at him and said, Michael, that was, and correct me if I'm wrong, I said that was the first auction Rusty and I did was auction off one of his canes, and we got 250 for it. Yeah. Yep. And I, I, so I think he might be changing his mind. Ah, because that was well, like our our first one last last uh, in 2017, the uh, USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame. Yeah, did he did he forget? Oh wait, no, I did who we, forget? I thought, no, I thought we auctioned one off at one of the drag. I thought, or no, that was stuff from Wilson on those guys, right? Yeah, yeah, no. This 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 was this was at the USA Hall of Fame, Masters uh, Martial Arts Hall of Fame, uh, with right. Jim Thomas and Laurie Hallmark, and mm-hmm. that was like our first one. Yeah, first right? team. Uh, yeah, and we got yeah, fifty it, something for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I I think we well, I might have changed his mind. So we might yeah. be auctioning off a cane, a jacket, yeah. and some other stuff now. I think we auctioned off two canes. We did one, um, not last year. Well, we did one last year in Seattle. I think we auctioned one off. Um, I, th- I don't got, remember doing one in Seattle, did we? I think we did. I sworn we got 300 for it. I know we did one in L.A. I wasn't sure we did one in, in, in yeah, Seattle. Yeah, I, I, remember, I remember one in L.A., Um but it was it, the the person that won it was like on our side where we were standing. But the Seattle one, it kept going from one end of the room to the other. And uh, I could have sworn. Anyway, whether it's one or two, I hope uh, Michael changes his mind as far as auctioning off canes. Because these self-defense canes that Mark Shui sells, folks, not only are they beautiful works of art, they are as functional as anything. I mean, they're, they're beautiful and they're functional. And you can carry it on a plane. That's yeah. right. That's what Mark keeps saying. They cannot deny that. They can deny yeah. it if you had a sword hidden in it, but they can't deny yeah. it if it's a real king. Exactly. Exactly. So, getting back to perceived skill versus actual skill, let's kind of shift it a little bit. And let's uh, let's talk a little bit about And you guys can comment in the comments below. Or give us a call. Let me check our lines here because I'm in a. Hey, Rusty, you still have a caller because we have a caller up in your area. Say that? We had a caller up in your area. Are they still on? Well, oh, they haven't pressed one. That's why. Oh, they're well, gone. Never know, mind. They're gone. I see is you. 
<clears throat> so whoever that was that was calling from my area, I wonder if it's Bob, <laughs> call again um, because I was not monitoring the board last like half an hour. Um, but anyway, let's shift the um, let's shift the uh, talk about procedures versus um, action and talk a little bit about. Um, Students you met, or people that you've met, um, although it always comes about in students. Um, if you know, if you know of anyone or met anyone that has an inflated sense of what their skill level is, and then when you watch them move, you kind of go, "Huh?" <laughs> I know we've met people like that, right? You know, and these people are to be the talkers. These are, these are the talkers that um, that have a lot to say and have a lot of, you know, memorized information, but probably can't do it. So let's hear your stories, folks. Do um, you have a story, Bob, about one of those type of people? Well, yes and no. And now the reason I say that is because you were there, of course, the last seven years, Every place I've been, you've been there too. So all I have to do is say you were there. Uh, right. <laughs> in fact, we're we 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 were so connected at one time that any time anybody ever saw us that we weren't with you, you weren't with me, or I wasn't with you, they'd ask where the other one was. Right. And we like. <laughs> So we were we were doing doing seminars at uh, at the Masters Hall of Fame one year. Now, I mean, we did our own seminars, but we we sort of orchestrated the whole thing, you and I. And it wasn't this person that talked themselves up; it was somebody else. Tell, kind of telling them, remember who that was? Of course, not going to mention who it was. And this guy was, oh, my God, this, this, this person is so great. She's this, she's that. And then we saw her move. Oh, um. Yeah, text me. I, I have a vague collection. A vague recollection. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I remember that, 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 um, I remember that, um, uh, I just don't remember when or what or whatever, yeah, I remember. I was like, oh. so that wasn't a a misconception of herself. It was a misconception of how this other person saw her, and she wasn't bad in front of a camera because she was a stunt person. She was good oh. at film fighting, which was great. Right. She looked amazing. Right. Okay. I remember now. Yeah. You do. Do you remember who it was? The name escapes me, but the 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 face, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which wasn't a bad, you know, it wasn't a bad thing, and I don't, you know, I, you know, maybe it's an overconfidence. Uh, it's just work harder. Don't, don't. I mean, somebody even said to my wife one time, she said, "Oh my God, I had to to pry Bob's." background out of him because he wasn't going to tell me. I don't right. tell anybody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Um, I had a 
which which, which story do I want to tell? <laughs> well, just lately, just lately, okay? There was this uh, there was this uh, guy that I met just lately that claimed to have a little bit of um, uh, martial arts experience. He was looking to um, continue his training. Now he's some older, you know, grizzled-looking guy. He looks like he could have been a Vietnam vet. Nah, you know, he looks like some, you know, and frail older guy, right? So anyway, um, having a barbecue over, over at uh, Kathy Long's place, and I'm working the barbecue, and dude comes up and starts talking, starts talking martial arts, and uh, you know, it. I got I got beyond the whole like, well, no. You know, if you did this, that, you know, if you did move and that move, he's going to be able to again. So he was telling me, basically, <laughs> how to defend myself, right? I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm just going to sit there and go, wow, that's great, you know? So I did that for a while. And then he started talking about Bruce talking some nonsense. He was, he was so sure he was right. Now, keep in mind, he, he's talked in front of, like, three martial artists outside. Kathy wasn't outside yet. It was me and Tim uh, Plavik and his wife. And uh, we're out there talking and then, you know, building hot dogs. And he goes, uh, the guy goes, so you know, Bruce Lee, um, he went to a camp and got beat. Somebody. And from that point on, he decided to teach himself. And that never happened again. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> there was a big question sitting up above my head. What? What are you talking about? <laughs> but he's so sure I was like, dude, dude. And uh, he got he got most of he's wrong where Bruce Lee taught, and even got wrong where Bruce Lee was buried. You know, he thought he was buried in Francisco. So then I had to I had I had to step up. Have you been there, Bob? I'm like, sorry, dude, he's buried in Seattle. <laughs> I yeah, right yeah. When you said he said that, I was like, oh my god, are you kidding me? No, he's not. Yes, he is. I was like, wow. Yes, he is. Where are you from? Seattle? <laughs> you know, I like think I didn't dream visiting his grave like at least 20 times. <laughs> I know. you. you know? When I was in Seattle for the first time in 40 years, you took me. Yeah. I said, come on, we're going to go pay our respects, Bruce and Brandon. Let's go. And yeah, <laughs> and I I remember the only thing you said we enter the graveyard, and you go, oh my god, I haven't been here in a while. I hope I remember where he is. And you yeah. it was like your car was on 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 autopilot because you drove right there. Yeah, I just went uh, and we're here, <laughs> and we're here, and Rick Kellerman. Rick, Rick Kellerman, you crack me up. Rick Kellerman says, quote, unquote, so, you know, Bruce Lee, he got a second by the 
actually got abducted by aliens, you know, and uh, they taught him how to fight. That's what he did to go. <laughs> right, right. Actually, met, this is no joke. I had some guy that thought he was a Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee expert and never done Jiu-Jitsu or martial arts or any kind of Kung Fu or nothing. And I kid you not, I'm not making it up. He called it Jeet Kune Do. Jeet Kune Do. That sounded nasty. No, it didn't. Didn't it? Jeet Kune Do. <laughs> you know? And it's like, really? Really? Can you say hooked on phonics? I mean, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> And Tony Collins is uh, is writing in in regard to Bruce Lee being abducted by aliens. He said, "No, Bruce Lee was one. He was an alien, and he just went home. Get it right, folks." So let's. Um, Bruce was spotted with Elvis in Roswell with spaceship. LOL. <laughs> Rick Kellerman. Get guys who claim to study hunger or hung hung quen. Yeah, hunger. Hungar, <laughs> Hung Quinn. <laughs> Jay, Jay goes, what the fuck? Jeet Kenny Doe. Jeet Kenny Doe. Oh, I get people. I get people that come in and they ask if I need a Tai Chi instructor. Hello, my sign clearly says Wu Shu Tai Chi Kung Fu. Why would I need a Tai Chi instructor? But they come anyway. And you know, I got this lady, you guys might have heard this story, but I'll tell you anyway. I got this one lady that came in with a bunch of flyers. Hi. I need a Tai Chi instructor? Uh, our, we're full up with Tai Chi instructors right now. I, I... Oh, well, cool. Well, I'm a Tai Chi instructor. Can I, I just leave these flyers here? Anyway, in case someone is interested in, in learning Tai Chi in here, which is just a little ways from West Seattle. I said, sure, give me your flyers. So I took the flyer, I picked it up, and I went, so what style of chi do you do? Oh, I do chi chuan. I went, what? I do tai chi chuan. Okay. <laughs> what style do you do? Tai chi chuan. What style do you do of Tai Chi? Because you know there's more than style. <laughs> I can't tell this story without cracking up. <laughs> no, I do Tai Chi Chuan. <laughs> Thank you, ma'am. I'll put the second she walked out, dropped him right in the place basket. <laughs> She left. She did tell me uh, about who her teacher was. She did not know who her teacher was. I said, "So who is your shifu? What? Your shifu? Your teacher of Tai Chi Chuan? Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember. No, I I I I did a instructor program out on Bash Island." How many hours was that? 16 hours. 
Okay, 16 hours of Tai Chi training, and you are now a teacher, and you are going out and you're passing out flyers to Tai Chi, and you don't know what style you teach in. So here's a perceived skill right here. Okay. She goes and gets certified at a two-day camp. Gets titled instructor, put on a certificate, two days, 16 hours, folks, eight-hour days. She gets the rank of instructor, put on a certificate, and now she's going around with perceived skills. Yet there's no actual skill going on there. Let's Boy, that sort sort of puts your uh, that sort of puts your twenty five years to shame, doesn't it? <laughs> of teaching, yeah. Well, yeah, I think it's more right. still. <laughs> Tom Dwyer goes. I'd like to buy weed. <laughs> Matt Stone, hi Matt, how you doing there, brother? He says I teach Chen Ling style Tai Chi Chuan. I get people that come into our athletic center and they think that they're coming in for Pilates or yoga. Uh, I got a lady in last week who ignored everything um, I told her to do, and so they walked around waving her arms around wherever she liked. Oh, my God. I do those, too, sometimes. They, they do one class and never come back. When I have to correct them, they move. They're just waving their arms around, you know. And I said, what have you been smoking? Can I get some of that? <laughs> Oh, my God. Mr. Kellen writes in again, and he says, get the title inspector on her certificate. Well, sure. No one's going to say earn the rank of participant. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, anyway, that's a good example of skill versus actual skill. Now, of course, there, there are examples of people that do have some in their belt, and you know, like I said earlier, have an inflated sense of what you know, as you watch them move and you go, wow, what's going on, right? So, anyway, Matt Stone said, exactly, she was grabbing imaginative butterflies in the air. <laughs> Grabbing imaginary butterflies. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you guys have any uh, stories out there? That was a good story out there, uh, out there Matt. Yeah, a, ro- uh, a roller. <laughs> Tom Dwyer says, I'd like that in a sentence, please. Jane Larkin Miser says, I'd like to follow a vowel, please. Tom Dwyer, I'd like the weed, please. <laughs> now that I've read that whole story, I'm dying over here. I'm dying over here. Dana Rowland says, the rock of the experts must have been visited by the dark cloud of the Dutch Kruger effect. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, Rick Kellerman says, um, I get this a lot with dads of kids who somehow are three and have to impress me or are intimidated by me. I don't know. One guy was thinking about where he's been. We've trained for two months or a seminar. Um, 
You're trying to impress me. I'm over 45 years of experience. So we had a Father's Day. Your dad class, he had zero kill. But he had these really cool kung fu poses. Uh, when it actually came to throwing simple punch, nada. Nothing. the mind, does it? Yes, Rick, it does. You know, when people have to sit there and go, yeah, I trained with, you know, master, kick your head. Okay. Your kicks. And the kicks are coming out, they're all like, you know, wonky with their art. Literally, I mean, some people like kicking, say they have, say the badasses, when they kick, their arms are all like this, or they're completely down their sides and fists, not like this. And you're like, what the heck? <laughs> oh, Rick Kellerman, right? And he goes, oh, how about this, this one? How about this question? So, so uh, what rank would I be in your style? Oh my God. Can't stand that, you know. I, I mean, I think about, you know, kind of thing. But, oh, what rank would I be your style? White belt. White belt, <laughs> right. That's what I normally say. White belt? Why? I was a purple belt and kick your ass foo. We're not in kick your ass foo. <laughs> <laughs> We're a real style of martial arts. How about that, boss? <laughs> Jeff Fairclough writes, I heard this today. So, you have 30 years of experience. Yes. And how old are you? 20. Explain. <laughs> I can't say anything else to that, but wow. <laughs> oh, I, just, I think I need myself, Professor. <laughs> <laughs> so, I can see this playing out in my mind. This playing out in my mind. Professor, I'll talk to some 20-year-old kid. So he has thirty years of experience. Yep. How old are you? Twenty. <laughs> I can <laughs> This would be me. Yeah. <laughs> that would be me. Okay. Okay. So your mother Carried you in her room in her room for ten years, <laughs> and you were practicing in there, right? No, wait, hold on. You were abducted by aliens. Aliens taught you. Why do I? Why can't I think of it? <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> let's see here. Oh, Eric Dutra says ten years in my former life. <laughs> Now that makes more sense. <laughs> Tom Dwyer, let's listen to you. He says, "Imagine Rusty doing a show with weed, little blue 
Food dream. Next show. Oh, the laugh. Dude, no. <laughs> Maybe with some Jack Daniels in front of me. That'll be interesting. So, anyway. His last life, 10 years of experience and out-of-body experience. Mikael Armstrong, how you doing, brother? He says, I would have fell over laughing in space. <laughs> so, <laughs> Tom Dwyer, try Blue Dream. Okay. <laughs> Dan Aroll says, I'll do the show on weed. <laughs> man, man. <laughs> Tell you what, man. If we ever get you on this show, we need to actually get you on this show, Dan. Uh, figure that out after August. Uh, August is really wonky. There's not going to be very many shows at all. But uh, see about getting you on the show, Dan. <laughs> and I tell you what, you know, if we get any trolls, I'm going to sit back, put my feet up my desk, and I'm just going to, and Bob are just going to roll with it, getting popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right, let's. Um, what time do we got here? It's 8.30. No. I want to go until, well, yeah, let's go until now. Because I'm supposed to go somewhere and, and pick up, uh, up some stuff. And my friend Lynn's uh, mom and brother invited me over there. And I said, oh, the show doesn't get done until about, like, 8.30 or 9. I looked at the time, and it's 8.30. You know what? Let's go until 9. Let's go until 9. Let's uh, change up our subject a bit here. Let's change our subject up a little bit here. And let's talk a little bit about lineage. Here we go. Lineage, pros and cons. Okay. Now, there's a lot to be said about having a good lineage, uh, a good unbroken lineage uh, in any martial art. Because knowing lineage and how you connect with the founder of that particular art is an important thing. It's, it's um, you know, it doesn't be, you know, anything about you know, your particular skill. But for me, you know, knowing how you tie into the founders of particular art is is a very sacred thing to me. I'm very proud of my lineage and all the arts that I do. And um, you know, and I make a point to make sure that all of my students know the lineage for each of the arts that I teach, and that it's very important for them to know that because they're part of family that that they're in the process of uh, of an unbroken line, right? So, you know, it's, a, it, it's important to, to many people, but not to all. So what I want to hear from you guys is you know, what do you find will be the pros and the cons to martial arts lineage. I just said, just said one in that sorry it's in here. Um the, the importance of lineage being that you are connected to founders of that system. You know, I find that important. Um so let's hear from you. What do you guys find would be an advantage to being part of um an unbroken lineage? Um so let's hear your thoughts. Give us all three four seven Six and seven zero six nine nine. this fan isn't working fast enough. You know what's funny is I've this this fan on my desk, but when I have it pointing the mic, I tend to cut out a little bit because it's actually catching the sound of the, of the fan. 
sorry, so I'm gonna cut out here for a little bit because it's it's hot <laughs> here. It's like oh my god. Yep, us, us Seattle people, we don't have air conditioning in our houses. I think about twenty to thirty percent of houses in the greater Seattle area have central air. That's about it. So, <clears throat> who? Eric Dutra says, my sense trained under Demura sensei for several years. He says, no lineage. I think it's pretty cool that my sensei lived under him. Much respect. Matt Stone says, I trained in air for 20 years and thought it was legitimate. Found out later it was fake. I'm now a disciple in the Chenpeng lineage, tying me back to the founders of Yang, Wu, and Chen Chen, tying me to the founder of Bagua Zhang, tying me to some heavy hitters in Xing Chen. And all through Laoshi Chen Pan Ling. Lineage won't make you a good martial artist, but it matters. Thank you. Now, I'm curious, Matt, how did you find out it was fake? Was the art fake or was the lineage fake? So was the person teaching actually not a disciple of so and so that they claim? I'm curious. It's interesting. <clears throat> Rick Lerman says, Pro, it gives legitimacy. To your system. We all know when coming out with made up bullshit, but you can be the worst let me see here. You can be the worst student under the best Sifu. So now what? Um Jay, I didn't have AC in Cal Ooh, that sucks. Um Rick Kevin goes, do a little research. Open fucking book for Christ's sake. <laughs> Now, Matt's, Matt's lineage is a heavy-hitting lineage, all the way to the founders of Yang Wu and Chen Sao Tai Chi. I mean, how badass is that? And, I mean, just think about it, folks. You know, tied to, you know, these pioneers of these wonderful arts. I mean, how cool is that, right? So, um, Colin says, well, there can be a con to lineage. Only a few know who, who you studied under. Okay. Pro, Ed Parker knew your instructor very well. <laughs> Yay. Um, now, um, let's talk a little bit about cons. Um, oh, hold on. Stone says, long story, short version. The art was made up. The history was made up. We found out because students men talked to people from real Xingyan, Tai Chi, and Agua schools. The real story got exposed. Techniques were still followed. The story was bogus, though. Oh, my. Mark and Miser's lineage is Chung Quan under Yuan Guk Li and Yung Xing Khan. Uh, Bill Scott says, stop the YouTube. Stop the YouTube. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So let's talk a little bit about the con. That's uh, kind of like what uh, Tony Collins was talking about. Con would be, yeah, you know, only a few people would know. Only a few people would know who you're talking about. So if I, you know, throw out names like Adriano Imperato, I throw out names like you know Kakoi Kiete, if I throw out names like you know Cheng Cheng and stuff like that, most people with martial arts experience would be like, oh, okay. That's great. But they don't know, they wouldn't know the, 
the impact that those uh, that those pe- people have in the art society or anyone's art, right? So if you say, well, they are, like I said, they don't understand the the meaning behind it. Um, Rick Kellerman said, okay, okay. I'm an eighth generation from Wong Fei Hong and represent the first generation of one age to teach this art. So what? Most people coming in through the dude have no clue. <laughs> through the dojo, through the through the coin, the dude have no clue. That's true, exactly. <clears throat> um, most people won't know who you're talking about, so that's a, that's a con. Um, um, what's another? Well, here's one. It's kind of alongside um, what, what Matt Stone was talking about. Um, the pros of lineage is that you know anyone can research lineage. So let's say if someone studies. Um, Let's just say Tai Chi. I can't say anything. So let's say someone says study Chi, and they only studied for three months. It's not that hard to get on the internet and look at the history of Tai Chi and get a feel for who was tied into, you know, teacher, what have you. It's not that hard at all. Um, and it, it would become pretty easy for the person to say, well, my lineage is blah, 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 blah. Okay. And while the lineage might be legitimate, their experience in that art, now they're you know, they're giving credit where credit is due, yes, but they're misrepresenting themselves. So, you know, I think that's a con. So, he says, it's not about convincing or impressing the newbies. It's about being able to establish your cred with people who know better. Right? Um we got Gerald Okamura watching. Yay! So, I think we lost Bob. Did we lose Bob? I think we lost him. Anyway. Lost who? Oh, there you are. <laughs> there you are. There you are. <clears throat> All right. Yeah, I thought I lost you because I heard, like, silence in the background. Normally, I hear your background noise. I didn't hear any. Anyway, well, you know, there's a lot of uh, people that maybe take seminars and claim their lineage. I do not. I studied with Randy Williams one seminar and a private lesson. That does not mean that I should or do claim him as my lineage. Mm -hmm. Because I studied with him for 10 hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I think they're right though the People knowing who you studied with uh, The closer you are to the founder The better Because of Evolution or a de-evolution Process of the art Changing right. the forms That sort of thing So the further yeah. you are away from the founder You may not have The pure art anymore Like I'm fourth and fifth generation Jeet Kune Do, meaning that my instructor studied under Dan Asanto, so I'm fourth generation there, but he also studied under Ted Lukai Lukai that studied under Dan and Asanto, so in that aspect, I'm fifth generation. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I'm surprised, though, how many people take a seminar with somebody and then claim that they're master. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised at all. It happens all the time. Yeah, 
it's unfortunate because, you know, and it always begins with, I studied with blah, blah, blah. And a lot of time when people say that, um, you know, well, when people say that it's either true and they're experiencing that art and they're teaching that art, when when people with no experience say, well, I studied with so-and-so and blah, 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 depending on how the conversation goes, trying to make it sound like they've all studied with that person when in fact they took one seminar and that could be misleading you know so and Rick Kellerman says look at the people who take pictures with face masters oh yeah oh god oh no he he didn't do that you know we can we're gonna go there because you know there are people out there that will take pictures and then claim that that person their instructor, and then and then when the shit gets out that 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 instructor had no idea who that person was, you know, like met them at a convention somewhere, right? They have no idea who that person was, nor did they even license that person. Then they get all defensive and like, oh, you politics, and blah 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 blah. It was because I, you know, I'm too good for good, and they don't want to claim me anymore because. You know, they didn't want their art to look less than and all this stupid bullshit. It's kind of like, really? Really? You know, Rick Kellerman, I trained all this. I mean, you know, I see nothing wrong, folks, with taking pictures with martial arts celebrities and masters and stuff like that if you meet them at a seminar or meet them at a um, convention or whatever. Because it's a great, you know, it's a great memorabilia. And if you can get that, that autograph, that's cool. It's great memorabilia and frame it, put it on your wall. It's awesome. But when you start claiming them as, you know, your long-time teacher, <clears throat> even then you're going to get your shit called out, you know. You know, that's going to get out there. Jamie, Jamie says, I trained with Elsa's alien abductor. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Rick says Rick says Tom Dor- Tom Dor- says I built stages for Monsters of Rock Tour. Sir Eddie Van Halen while he played live. My guitar skills still suck thirty plus years later. And um Rick goes, um, I love you. So that's kind of a way of um same thing that we're talking about, Tom. You know, just because you stood next to someone doesn't mean that just because you stood next to Eddie Van Halen doesn't mean that you automatically have magic guitar skills. But a lot of people do claim because it's, I don't know, I don't know why. Is it a way to build up, you know, credibility? You know, and that credibility is going to drop the second you get called out. So don't you wonder, you know, why this is happening, right? So anyway, <laughs> let's hear some more thoughts about lineage, folks. What are your thoughts about um, lineage? Do you find it important to um, find uh, that people misrepresent themselves sometimes? Um, blah, blah, blah. And JJ is listening, and he says, training back in the main dynasty days count for anything? (laughs) 
<laughs> Bill says, you are right up with the history of martial arts. It's the concept of mindset. Rick Lerman says, yeah, but when you go through seminars like with Guru Dan, we take pictures we autograph. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I, you know, I, I do too. You know, I took a picture with Guru Dan the last time I did the Academy. Um, just because, you know, it was great to talk to him and stuff like that. And, and uh, you know, one of my other friends said, sure, let's take a picture. Sure. You know? <clears throat> but I'm not going to say my long-time teacher. Does my lineage go through? Through Dan? It does. You know, on a, on an off-hand level like this. My teacher trained with Guru Dan, right? But I'm not going to say I'm a direct under Guru Dan, that would be misrepresenting myself, right? Um, yeah. So, what? <laughs> um, Eric, I don't think lineage has anything to do with what skills you have. You are you, not your master. Thank you. Thank you for that, because I was going to go there. Because, you know, too many times, it's kind of like what I call the, I study this, therefore I'm out of bath syndrome. You know, I get... A lot of like young kids, and when I say kid, I'm not talking like like children. I'm talking about like people that are like 20, 25 years old. These young kids come in, and you know, it's it's kind of obvious that they've studied MMA, and they're listening to what I have to have to say, but just their actions and how they answer to certain questions, it prompts me to say so. You've got MMA experience. I've only missed one. Okay, nine times out of ten, I'm right, right? You know, they go, oh, I've got some martial, uh, I've got some martial experience, right? <clears throat> and he's like, yeah, well, I'm just, I'm just curious about, you know, all this traditional stuff. And I'm like, well, we teach Kajikembo. <laughs> Kajikembo concept, you know, you know, free concept, open concept, and stuff like that. It's all about what works. And unfortunately, we don't get the MMA gloves and the cool whitey whitey shorts and stuff like that. <laughs> no rules. I'm gonna stick a thumb for deep try. I'm not gonna regret <laughs> stuff like that, you know. And um, and they just they they walk around as if they're badass, you know. It's, I, I don't get it, you know. Guys that the young guys that start learning MMA. And all of a sudden, that by default makes them an ultimate fighter. By default, that makes them someone that will win against one in the street. What the hell? Have you met any people like that, Bob? The guys that I do MMA, and I'm a great fighter. <laughs> well, yeah, they think it's the end all of end all. Right, right. Yeah, you know, and it's and it's insane. Of course, I yeah. remember you. I used to talk to Ronda Rousey all the time before she became big, and now she won't even return my calls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're getting close to we're getting close to our end time over here. So. Anyone out there have uh, anything quick they want to talk about before Bob and I sign out? No. <laughs> no. 
Oh, um, says, by the way, I also attended an MMA school. (laughs) 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 The type of t-shirt gives you magical powers. (laughs) Rick, you picked it up, man. (laughs) And, um, Danny says, the guy I, (laughs) um, and Dan says, some Filipinos didn't like it when they asked me about my MA background because all I told them that all my moves were sourced from a white guy who was tried under Guru Dano Santo. Even if I can, even if walk-in prospects believe that I'm the instructor of the school. Oh, really? Some, Filip- some Filipinos don't like hearing that you learn a white guy? Serious? Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Interesting. You know, I I haven't yet... You know, what's weird is I've met very few Filipinos that come into school. I mean, I've got, like, um, I've got three Filipino kids, you know, and one of the parents used to be a student of mine, you know, and they don't care who I studied under. (laughs) I mean, they care, but they don't care that the non-Filipino you know, or Chinese or Japanese or whatever it doesn't really matter so it's kind of sad for me to hear that still a staunch sense of nationalism you know, or Pinoy patriotism Pinoy patriotism you know that freaks out at the at the prospect of their you know potential instructor learning from a white guy okay you need both, Dan. I learned under a white guy that studied Drew Dan and the Dewars and Ted Bukai Bukai and stuff like that. But he's a white guy. But you know what? He's really damn good. <laughs> Chris Petrilli is really damn good. That's why I studied under him. So, you know, there you go. Um, Dan Arola says, Crab mentality is everyone who isn't aware of it. So for those of you that are unfamiliar with the crab mentality, um, I'm sure most of you heard it, but for some of the younger fits, I don't know what it is. It's kind of like, uh, imagine, you know, throw a bunch of crabs, you know, in the pot, in a a big bucket or something like that. They're all going to crawl over each other to try to get out of the bucket, right? Um, I think that's the mentality that we're talking to here. That's the I'm talking about here. That's the only crab mentality that um, that I can think of. They crawl all over each other, you know. And same with people, folks. You know, people will crawl all over each, putting putting people underfoot and just you know slam the shit out of people just to climb on, on top. And uh, it's it's sad. Uh, Rick Kellerman says it's a very small circle. I've had people come up to me at Chinese tournaments and said they saw me at a Sayok event. Small world. Yeah. Janie says, I'm surrounded by white guys. <laughs> Tony Collins says, I'm not a fan of MMA. Is that wrong? Well, you know, if you're not a fan of that kind of sport, it's okay. You know? Uh, Tony Collins says, I like being able to talk about Paul Mills and Ed Parker. In Kenpo, it explains the need to speak to most Kenpoists, to Kenpoists, but I, I am not either of them. I am me. There you go. So, yeah. Wrong, Tony. 
if you like MMA, you know, I like watching it, you know, kind of like in a wreck sort of way. <laughs> you know, I haven't followed, you know, the UFC and the fighters and stuff like that. I only hear it from people. I hear it from Facebook as to who's on top and who's what and who's where. But I don't know anything about, you know, who's in who's fighting UFC or anything like that. No clue. Um, I watch it, but I don't follow it. Makes sense. So, anyway, any other thoughts from people out there? Um, any thoughts about lineage or perceived skill or anything like that? You don't have a lot of thoughts. That that we can save for another show. <laughs> is it gonna be? Is it gonna be the perceived skill or the lineage lineage side? More on the lineage side, more on the fake lineage side. Oh, yeah. People claiming that they're, you know, mostly secret student that they didn't, he never talked about. <laughs> you know, bullshit like yeah, that. Yeah, they never talked about. He, he was an illegitimate son to Bruce, and he learned all of Jeet Kune Do in his infancy, and and now he's claiming his tenth Dan when he really only made first. You know that kind of thing. Oh yeah, you know. I just, I, I'm not going to go there yet. That would be a different show. No, me either. Yep, about that is definitely for a different show. Yeah, about people padding their padding their resume, so to speak. <laughs> um, Tom Dwyer goes Bob High. Hey Tom. <laughs> that, was, that that was random, Tom. That was random. Gentleman says I trained with Bruce Lee. In fact, I babysitted for Brandon. <laughs> no, I didn't. You broke up. I heard about oh. babysitting for Brandon. That was it. Rick Cohen said, I trained with Bruce Lee. In fact, I babysitted Brandon. Too many people claim to have been with people who are long dead. <laughs> that was a joke on Rick's part. Yes. <laughs> okay. Janie says, I'm counting down to Dragon Fest. They'll have to drive across the country, moving my daughter to Utah. Utah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I'm looking for meeting you in person, Janie. So, well. So, wait a minute. Does that mean that she's driving the entire way from Kentucky to California? What does that mean, Janie? Driving all the way from from there. There. (laughs) Janie, are you driving (laughs) all the way to Fest? Sounds like she is. Sounds like it. Just like yeah. when Tony Collins drove all the way to California from Missouri for yeah. a master's four years ago. Yeah, that, that's crazy. That is crazy. Crazy, 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 crazy. Anyhow, so let's do I'm going to go meet, meet friends, mom and brother. So um, this is going to be kind of weird. We will have a show next Sunday. But I am out of town next uh, weekend until the end of August after that. So, you know, if anything, if uh, Bob and I can swing it, we will get together on live, you know, just for impromptu shows just like this. Because, you know, we can't have Dojo go on hiatus for like two or three weeks. Can't have that happen. So, Bob and I... No, plus we'll have a lot of lives from Dragon Fest. We're going to have a ton of live live broadcasts. Okay, yeah. So that'll be considered shows. 
Uh, but shows like this um, are not going to happen other than Dragon Fest. I might do some, you know, a couple of look live clips from the Pama event to, to interview a few people and stuff like that, but they won't be full shows. Um, so we'll just go from there. But um, I'll get with Bob and we'll discuss about other ways other than Dragon Fest and Pama, how to get, get online and uh, get with you guys because you know, the show's go on, right? <laughs> All right, let's get some, light, get some love. I want to see some of those stickers flying across my screen before we get out of there. So unless one say, I think we'll uh, call it a day. We all think. Perfect. All right. All right, we'll see everybody next week. Bye, everybody. We have only 90 seconds to go. So bye, everybody. See you next time. Bye, everybody. See ya. Bye-bye. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.